All right, and welcome back. We are on episode 21. We are officially legal to drink, at least most of us on this podcast. I'm Luke. We've got Kyle, and we've got Derek, the Boz Bosworth in the building. Today, we are doing a full rundown of our favorite running backs and our running backs that we're totally fading going into the 2021 season. Boys, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good myself. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I know we're about to bring it up, but I, I want to be the one to say it just because I think I called this on the podcast last week. Carson Wentz is a freaking cult, man. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. As Kyle has mentioned, Carson Wentz has been traded from the Eagles to the Colts, and what will probably go down is the Eagles' biggest mistake since they won the Super Bowl. They have traded Carson Wentz to the Colts for a second-round pick, a third round pick, and that second round pick is conditional, which can turn into a first round pick if Carson Wentz plays 75% of the snaps this year. Boys, let's get your takes on this. Boz, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so from the Colts' point of view, like, bravo, guys. Like, the next few years, uh, they're going to be playoff. They're going to be Super Bowl contenders. It's basically the Chiefs, the Bills, the Browns, and now the Colts. That's those are the Super Bowl teams you're going to be seeing from the AFC for the next couple of years. And I think that Carson Wentz has a great chance to become a stud again, like we saw him do his second year in the league. And dude, his situation is just incredible now. Carson Wentz, his career is going to be revived. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Obviously, the combination back with Wright is just a no-brainer who had him playing as an MVP all the way back then when they did win the Super Bowl, which obviously he didn't lead them to the Super Bowl. But let's be honest, that Philly team isn't what it was that year without Wentz's play. I just think it's such a perfect landing spot for him. He's going to have all the things he never had in Philly. And on top of it, he's got a new culture, a new change, a new environment. I texted one of my buddies, actually, who's a huge Titans fan. I just told him right after the trade, I was like, you're never winning that division again. At least for the next five years, there's no way the Colts don't dominate that division. You know what? I will say this. The Eagles completely goofed it. They goofed the whole trade. If Matthew Stafford who has never really put up like a season where you're like, he, he deserves MVP. If Matthew Stafford can get that haul, the Eagles should have gotten something for Wentz. The Colts are walking away as complete. They, 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 they butt fucked them. You know, uh, yeah. we don't swear on this podcast, but they got butt fucked. So, uh, I mean, even, even if that pick does turn into a first, which let's be honest, the Colts want it to, because that shows that Wentz had a good season. And he played a lot. I mean, who cares? You gave up a first-round pick for franchise quarterback. And, yeah, there's concerns about Carson Wentz injuries, but let's not forget the Colts probably have the most capable backup in the entire league in J- J- Jacoby Brissett, who's not a bad football player at all. Like, if you were desperate for three or four games uh, when, let's say, Wentz has his, you know, yearly injury, I, I don't think you're really complaining if you have Jacoby. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, so, I mean – I do see what the Eagles were doing, though. They got rid of that contract. They got some picks, and they showed Jalen Hurts that they believe in him. But do I think that Hurts is the answer? That's a different story. They didn't, but here's, they didn't show Hurts shit. I'm sorry. I'm going to say this really quick. Howie Roseman fucked this team. This Says guy... The podcast proceeds to curse two times <laughs> in five minutes. <laughs> Look, Howie Roseman had 
his franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz. He also had Nick Foles. He was smart in picking Wentz over Foles, in my opinion. I think Foles is clutch, but he's not like a regular season starter. They then go, hey, Carson, you just had a QB battle and won. How about you go up against a second round pick? You and you, why would you take Jalen Hurts for him not to be the franchise guy? Why do you draft a quarterback as a distraction? And, And then on top of that, they go, okay, see ya. And reports came out right after Wentz was traded that the Eagles plan on bringing in QB competition. And if I swear to, I swear to God, if they draft Trey Lance, number six overall, I will oh be my God. so pissed. Because he should go to Carolina. That's what we all want because no. it's the perfect landing spot to him. <laughs> the, re- the reason it doesn't make sense is this, and I'm not hating on Trey Lance, but when I'm comparing Trey Lance to Jalen Hurts, they are literally the same quarterback. The only difference is, is Hertz has proven he shows up in big moments, whereas uh, Lance hasn't played a down in any real D1 football game. Yes, he played for North Dakota. So did Wentz. But that doesn't mean that he's got that winning capability that Hertz has. And Hertz showed up on the field last season. So yeah, I mean... Um- I, I want to make a side note, actually, before we move on from this topic. What would you guys think of them trading for Sam Donald? They could no. probably get him for a decent price. Would that make more sense? Like a no. second or something like that? Or they need a you get what I'm saying? As opposed to bringing in, like, you know, a brand new rookie, trade for maybe a little competition, but not, like, you know, not wasting a first 10 pick on him, you know? They need a mobile quarterback in that system. And I just don't think Donald's it. I think I understand why Hurts could be it. I even understand if they fucked up and drafted Trey Lance, why that could work. But I don't think Darnold necessarily fits that offense. Yeah, I I agree. I am actually going to go off here and say that I think if they drafted Trey Lance, it would be a smart move for them. So Trey Lance, he has probably the most upside for a quarterback other than Lawrence in this class or Anfields in this class, but what about um, Wilson? There's a lot of guys with high upside in this class. Yeah. Yeah. But Trey Lance, like he, he can run the ball better than hurts. I'm going to say that as well. And he, passing the ball, he blows uh, Jalen hurts away. And the only difference is we've seen Jalen hurts play in the big moments and he steps up to it. And every coach that has ever uh, dealt with Jalen Hurts loves him, and you can't say the same about Trey Lance. He has he's not battle tested, but when you watch the film, his arm is way different than Jalen Hurts' arm, and I think he has that upside. And the Eagles, that's like where they really need to go right now. They that franchise is going in the wrong direction, so why not take a shot? See, I still think that if Jalen Hurts entered this year's draft, he'd be considered a first-round pick. Yeah, I don't know about that. There's a lot of quarterback competition. I think he still probably falls behind Trey Lance. I'm in the same camp as uh, Tarek in this one for sure. I mean, who knows? But it's going to be interesting. The first round, and if the Jets reports are true when they move Sam Darnold, we could have five quarterbacks still in the top ten picks at this rate. I mean, it's absurd. I mean, with the movement that we've had and who knows what happens now, uh, and who knows, maybe the Broncos and Texans make a trade and boom, you got another quarterback who gets picked. So, I mean, it's going to be a wild draft. That's for sure. 
This is true. This is true. But, you know, I will get sucked into, as Kyle loves to say, a rabbit hole if I keep talking about the Eagles and how much I detest Howie Roseman and that whole organization. But so let's 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 move on. We're going to talk running backs. And, you know, we're a positive podcast. We like to be positive. We'll start off with our uh, favorite guys. And since we're talking Colts, Kyle, why don't you start us off? Yeah, um, I think anybody who's heard me speak on this podcast before uh, knows that I was all on Jonathan Taylor before he came out last year, and I said he was going to be the running back one. And, I mean, I think he backed up exactly what I said. I was a little worried to start the season. Don't get me wrong. Everybody was like, oh, he's a bust. But I just said he had a bit of, you know, vision issues early on that he clearly worked out and maybe some confidence builders. And for some reason, the Colts were using, you know, three other running backs instead of him, which was the weirdest thing ever, in my opinion. Like, why are you giving the ball to Jordan Wilkins on the one-yard line when you have freaking Jonathan Taylor, who is a monster in your backfield? Either way, beside the point, I'm not kidding you. Jonathan Taylor is my number two dynasty running back at this point. The only running back I have ranked ahead of him is Christian McCaffrey. I don't have a single running back ahead of him outside of that. I think he, I think he goes buck wild next year. I have, I have him in the same spot. I can't, I, I'm Jonathan Taylor. He's young. He's in the best situation you could ask for. And he's a beast. He was was my RB one as well. I had Clyde right next to him, but Jonathan Taylor had him by that athleticism. And yeah, now, now it's JT from that class. He's by far the number one. Yeah, And I think the only thing that JT needs to work on is that receiving. He had some drops, especially in the final game of the season. I think if he gets his mitts about him, you know, he could really do more damage than what we saw, which is intensely scary. I honestly don't see Jonathan Taylor dropping out of the first five picks of any startup draft, whether that's super flex or not. Like, he will not fall out of the top five. Yeah, I think after CMC, he probably goes the next running back. I think... Wentz obviously is a huge addition for him. It helps him out a lot. I think, you know, even when he was playing last year, Philip Rivers is not much of a threat in my opinion. And if they go and get a wide receiver one, like I think we all think on this podcast they're going to do, it's just going to make his life a lot easier. And then we already know they arguably have the best line in the league. Uh, If not the best, then at least top five, which, uh, you know, bodes well for a running back, obviously. (laughs) All right, Boz. Well, let's segue from the Colts. Why don't you hit us with your first RB? Who are you targeting in your startups or any trades? So, AJ Dillon, um, I've said it before on this show. I think there's zero shot that Aaron Jones resigns. The Packers are already in cap trouble. I'm not going to pretend that I understand the salary cap, but from everything I've read, they're in some of the most trouble in the league. And they spent a second on A.J. Dillon for a reason. In the 2020 draft, he was the sixth RB off the board, just seven picks away from J.K. Dobbins. That Packers situation made Aaron Jones the number two PPR back, and he missed two games. Um, Aaron Jones, he was a damn good prospect. He fits perfectly into the system. He's a zone back. He doesn't have the patience or the moves, but he's powerful. He ran a 4-5. 40 at 250 that's incredible and he simply just generates force uh he can be bought right now at a late first price and i think he's he's pretty much guaranteed to be a top 12 back in that system for the however long he's in that system and even if he doesn't get as much passing work as aaron jones did he's pretty much locked into being rb1 this year 
Yeah, you know what? Dylan is interesting. Uh, he he just falls into a spot where it's like they're not going to pay Jones, so he automatically walks into an RB room where he's the bell cow as of right now. The only issue I have with AJ Dillon is you have Jamal Williams right behind him. And if anybody has shown who's the best backup running back in the league, I think Jamal Williams is in contention for the best backup running back without a doubt. I think with kind of like how raw Dillon was coming out of school, they might not necessarily give him the rock right out the gate. They might split carries with Williams, but Kind of same way that JT came into the situation. Eventually, by the end of the season, it will be Dylan's team, and Dylan will be throwing up 200 yard games at some point. Yeah, I like AJ Dylan a lot. He's got good hands too. Actually, they're pretty underrated. He had some big catches during the season. I don't know. Is Jamal's contract? He's not done this season. Does he have one more year yet left? Does anybody know off the top of their head? I want to say he has one more year left. That's what I think, too. So even if he is there for a year, they obviously won't have the money to sign Jamal next year either. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to – AJ is is the workhorse in Green Bay moving forward. Uh, I like the price of a late first. I agree with Boz. I think in some leagues you probably even get him for an early second if you can, you know, find the right owner and rip him off nice and good. Uh, And definitely buy into this right now. I mean, I don't know. As far as Green Bay goes, apparently Aaron Rodgers is really pissed off, so we'll see how that situation is. I I still think they're a contender, though, as long as A-Rod's around, and then obviously, you know, Dylan will benefit off them. Totally, yeah. I Like, I have no, like, no argument on that one. Let's segue a bit. You know what? This is a guy, and you can ask Kyle this, I have been on Jeffrey Wilson Jr.'s ass since, since, 2019 look San Francisco has an identity at wide receiver they have an identity at tight end they have an identity on the offensive line granted their quarterback situation is a little murky but even Jimmy G has proven he can get them to a Super Bowl the only question mark on that team the last few years has been running back and I honestly think this role is wide open for the taking especially with Mostert not being able to stay healthy And Jeffrey Wilson took off in 12 games last year, starting three of them. He had 600 yards rushing and seven TDs in 2019. I would have called him the perfect change of pace back, but now I would call him one of the best all around backs up there with like, he's like Naeem Hines with the hands, but runs head down right through the line. Kyle, I see you shaking your head. Say something. No, it's it's, it's all right. I know you're high on this guy, so I don't want to touch too much on it. I just, I'm never buying to a fucking 49ers running back ever again under Kyle Shanahan's regime. I remember, you know, little old Tavon Coleman, and I remember Jarek McKinnon, and I bought into both of them back to back years, and I got burned too many times. And I'm just never touching that backfield again. And that's just the truth at this point. I just think Kyle Shanahan is. He's a very good coach and he likes to use a bunch of different running backs and they'll all have big games eventually because that's how he is. But I don't think he's ever going to have a starting uh, workhorse back. Kind of same, same thing kind of in the sense like Doug Peterson was like that too. That's why a lot of people didn't like that Miles Sanders went to the Eagles and why I think he'll be okay now that, you know, Peterson's gone. So um, as long as Shanny's there, I'm not buying it to 49ers running back. Yeah, I mean, 
that backfield right now, Jeff Wilson is the guy to own, and I'm pretty sure he's cheaper than Moss there right now. So he's he's a buy, definitely, he, in my opinion. Um, I'm definitely not as high on the him, best his ball. talent he's ex- as Luke. But he's explosive. He's explosive. He's, he's He's and there's no doubt about it. Look, I'm not saying he's gonna like. I'm not saying he's gonna put up a thousand thousand season like CMC. I'm not saying he's gonna run for two thousand yards like Derrick Henry. But what I am saying is that Jeffrey Wilson will be top fifteen running, uh, top fifteen running back next year. And I think he, don't be shocked if you can get him off waiver wires right now or trade him for him for like a late second, and he ends up on your starting roster as you make your playoff push. This is one of your hot takes, just like the other week when you said Miami would contend with Buffalo next year, right? Yeah, remember that one, Derek? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Don't don't ruin my confidence. Let's move on from this. I'll just Listen, you know what, Kyle? Kyle, while while you sit on your high horse, who's your next guy? Huh? Uh, I think um, my next guy. Uh, it feels like he should be obvious, but I just think. Obviously, you know, with two now major injuries, it's kind of tough to buy into Barkley anymore. But I think now is the time to double down on him. He's got a good price on him, probably the cheapest he'll ever be in his career, uh, outside of the fact when maybe he goes over the age of 30. I know there's some concerns. He's a little fragile. I'm not going to lie. But at the same notion, this is a guy who worshipped the ground that was Adrian Peterson. And we all remember how Adrian Peterson came back from an equally as bad injury and had what, one of the best seasons in running back history. I think Barkley could seriously do that this season. I think there's a real possibility he's the number one running back in fantasy this year. I'm not even just saying that. Like, I really think it's possible. I I don't think the Giants have the weapons uh, in order for him not to have a great year if he's healthy. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to have to be fed the rock on both sides of the ball in passing and rushing. And he, he, he needs to have a statement year. He needs to show up. And he needs to shut up all the haters, and I think he will this season. But yeah, I, like I, I, I like Barkley a lot. Your comparison to Adrian Peterson super interesting. I hope Barkley doesn't go the route of beating his kid with at the, with a stick at the same time. But you know what? Um, like a Barkley, like I think he's a he, right now. I I recently traded for Barkley in a league. I got Barkley for a late first round pick in this year's rookie draft. There's no way. I will ever pull off another blockbuster trade like that. But people are seriously undervaluing Barkley. I think Kyle and I are in a league where Kyle had Barkley, traded me Barkley, I traded Barkley to somebody else, and then Barkley landed up on ended up on somebody else's team. Like people are just playing hot potato with him, and whoever ends up with him will be like very, very happy. Yeah, talent wise, there's no well, RB in the league that can even Olivia compete Culpo, with so Saquon Barkley. You know, and that's real talent. I think he's <laughs> more talented than Christian McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, his, his schlong game has probably got uh, Saquon by a little bit there, I guess. <laughs> but hey, um, yeah, Saquon, it's just the Giants, their offense is not good. But he's still Saquon Barkley. He's worth yeah, uh, no, first totally round agree. Pick, and no while we're on what, the kind of like bounce back season top seven, top eight, I want to talk Ezekiel Elliott really quick. I've already kind of highlighted my opinion on Ezekiel Elliott in the past, 
But I really do think right now, same with Barkley, he's at the cheapest price tag you will probably ever get the guy at. There's no way he doesn't bounce back. There's no way the Cowboys don't re-sign Dak. I think they've been shown they need Dak to succeed. It's not going to be the ginger goddess Andy Dalton. So they need to re-sign Zeke. Uh, They need Zeke, and re-signing Dak is key. They are like Frodo and Sam. You can't, one can't get to the goal without the other. And I think when you put Dak with Zeke and you finally put a real threat to that passing game, it, it, he's going to be lights out again. No doubt about it. And he, and remember this, he still went over 1,000 yards from scrimmage this season. He only played 15 games. He only had 244 rushes, which is the lowest since 2017. Every single other season, he has put up 300-plus. That he is bounce back. He's my candidate for bounce back player. I'm buying him wherever I can. Dak, Dak for sure is going to help him. That is a big thing I think that contributed to his downfall last year. But I do have a hard time buying any back that's that deep into their career. I know yeah, I his age isn't there I, yet. I think the Cowboys need to move a wide receiver for me to seriously buy into Zeke. On him. Personally, I think that uh, when Dak was healthy last year, I don't think Zeke was getting the rock a lot. And they didn't fire Keelan Moore, uh, their offensive coordinator. So I don't see things changing in that pass-heavy offense. That's a fear of mine. I do think he's a cheap price right now, so I don't mind buying him. But I think Amari Cooper has to go personally. I think they could survive without him. I mean, C.D. Land proved that he's a bona fide wide receiver one if you give him the chance. I think Michael Gallup gets just absolutely no love at all and deserves a real job, like where he gets actually fed because we've seen it, man. That dude makes the most absurd catches in the world, and yet for some reason he gets like three targets a game. It's just, it's just ridiculous to me. Um, I, I like buying into Zeke at his price. I just think there's definitely some ceiling to his game because of the pass heavy offense. Yeah, and I understand that. But I will say this. Keelan Moore is one of the best OCs. I like him. I'm just saying he's pass-heavy. It's like buying a running back in Brian Dable's system. It doesn't make any sense. Brian Dable's but he know. But the difference is, is Keelan Moore knows how to use his pieces and in the past has used Zeke in the way Zeke needs to be used. Even, even in 2019, where you could arguably say he kind of had a down year, he put up 1,300 yards. Yeah. Like he is like Keelan Moore knows how to use this guys. I actually think Keelan Moore should be the head coach of the Cowboys. That's a conversation for another podcast, but yeah, I love Zeke. Um, you know, but granted if anybody was going to be suspended for hitting their kid with a tree branch, it'd probably be Zeke. <laughs> who's um, that, who's well, that last guy? Dallas has the last one. Yes, he does. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go Miles Sanders here because uh, Sanders has improved talent-wise both as a runner and a receiver each year of his career. Uh, he missed four games and played through injury all last season, and he still managed to finish as an RB2. And let's be honest, that Eagles offense was in shambles last year. It was a broken old line. Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Brandon Brooks and Andre Dillard were all down for a good portion, if not the whole season. Um, not only will that O-line be healthy again, but that offense will work differently than it did last year with the departure of Wentz and Doug Peterson. 
With Nick Seriani and Jalen Hurts at the helm, the biggest beneficiary will be Miles Sanders, in my opinion. Teams will now have to worry about the rushing capabilities of Hurts' backside every time that Miles Sanders gets the ball. And Sanders will be on the field even more often with uh, without Peterson's committee mentality. And you may be yeah, able to get bought, Sanders right now cheap because of his slightly disappointing season. season last Luckily, year. I haven't so sold if it, you can, I don't plan take on right now because I don't like sure. the return I can get. So I'm just kind of staying put. I'm not buying a lot of shares, but I already had a lot. So it's like I'm kind of just staying put and hoping for the best. And I do agree. I think Jalen Hurts gives an element to that offense that was probably missing with Carson Wentz. And on top of it, as I already mentioned on the show earlier, Peterson doesn't doesn't use a workhorse and now he's gone. So I think there's a real chance that I agree with boss here that, you know, Sanders hits that RB one potential that we've been seeing for the last two years, but we haven't actually seen yet. Yeah. And the only, the only question mark I have with Sanders is can he stay on the field for a full season, Mm -hmm. especially as you're making playoff pushes, Sanders sometimes disappears. So the only way, the only shares I have of Sanders are with Boston Scott on the bench like I'm not I'm not taking any risks with Sanders and I think Sanders enter, enters kind of like an interesting year where like he's averaged like I think he's put up 800 rushing yards both seasons 800 plus and in his rookie season he put up 500 receiving I don't know what he did last season but when I when I think of Miles Sanders I think of a guy who's like if he doesn't show he can hit that thousand yard rushing mark don't be surprised if the Eagles bring in like some veteran competition kind of behind him to maybe boost him or maybe to see his, uh, you know, role kind of drop. Todd Gurley's a guy I could see them signing. Hmm. I don't hate that take. It's interesting. Uh, I don't know where Todd Gurley would go uh, this offseason. He only signed a one-year deal with the Falcons, correct? So he is a free agent this offseason. I think uh, there's a few teams that make sense. I think retirement makes sense, unfortunately, for Gurley. But, I mean, it's it, let's be honest. We all, we all kind of knew when Gurley came into the league, he was going to have a short shelf life. He had arthritis in his knees when he was, like, 21 years old. Like, I mean, it's pretty obvious you're not going to have a long career when, you, you know, when you're suffering from arthritis at 21 years old, essentially. So, I, I'm surprised he lasts as long as he did. But uh, with that Falcon team, who, you know, for sure was a bit of a mess last year, he was horrible. I mean, for the most part, anyways. We are back. We just talked about the running backs we love. We are such, such positive people. But deep down inside, all positive people fucking hate everybody at the same time. So now we're going to talk about our running backs that we just, we're not hitting. We're fading them. Fuck these guys. Uh, Family-friendly podcast, obviously. Uh, Kyle, why don't you get us started? Who's your first running back you're completely avoiding at all costs? Well, it wouldn't be an episode of Donnie Seekins if we didn't talk about the Buffalo Bills at least one time during the episode. So let's just talk about him here. Devin Singletary, I hate you more than I hate life itself. If I could literally kill one person in the entire world, it would be you. And I know that sounds a little rough, but how dare you start eight games and then start 16 this year and put up six on eight. I, I just, I can't, I I just, I just, I'm losing myself because I just can't put it into words how much I dislike Singletary and I'm fading. And as I've mentioned, I know Buffalo needs a running back. They know they need a running back. Guys like Aaron Jones make sense for a veteran presence, but I think there's a real possibility they take up 
you know, a rookie with a first round draft pick this year. I just, I want nothing to do with Singletary. I don't mind buying Zach Moss at his current price tag right now because you could probably get him for a third or fourth, and I think he'll be a good change of pace back. But I just think the Singletary train came and went so fast, and it's over. Yeah, so my thing is I think Zach Moss is just better than him at catching the ball and better than him at running the ball. So there's really no room for Singletary in that offense, in my opinion. And if you can get, I'm selling them. Well, look, like I'll put it in this perspective. Zach uh, or uh, Devin Singletary is 5'7". Tom Cruise is 5'7". You ever watch the Mission Impossible movies where Tom Cruise is running away from a big explosion? That's basically Devin Singletary, except for the fact, <laughs> for some reason, Devin Singletary can't find a hole to run through. Um, you know what? It's I know Kyle was like super hot on Singletary before the season started. And even no, I was Zach- super anti. I said it. I was, he was, I was anti Singletary, dude. You even you remember this? I said to not buy into Singletary. I, you can literally check the tape. I said to not buy into Singletary. Don't you dare put this on me. Like okay, I said, right. I will. I, 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 I issue a formal apology to you. Kyle check the receipts. Check the receipts. I, 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 all right, all right, Cardi, calm down. Um, but. <laughs> But, like, I, I liked Singletary. I thought he had a phenomenal season. When they drafted Moss, I was worried, but I wasn't too worried. And then it was kind of like they just phased him out. And I don't even think they phased him out on purpose. It was just like, hey, we have Josh Allen. He's 6'6 and can run and can throw the ball now. Act pretty accurately. Why, why do we need you? And I don't think either him or Zach Moss really got the ball. I know you're. I know you really want Travis Etienne to end up on that team, but at the same time, I'd be. I wouldn't be shocked if they just didn't add anybody at running back of significant note, anyways. And they just rocked Singletary and Moss and didn't spend the money on a position that, frankly, wasn't really important to them in the regular season or in the playoffs. See, that's that's my fear. You have to run at some point, right? And if you can't run, you can't hang. I think that's the number one reason why they lost uh, to the Chiefs. Uh, in the AFC championship game, because you can't, the truth is you can't keep Patrick Mahomes on the field for an extended period of time, unless you have a very good defense like the Bucks had and the Bills defense took a massive step back. And even the Bucks Fournette was fantastic in the playoffs and was fantastic in the Super Bowl. Honestly, Ronald Jones took a step back in the playoffs, which I wasn't expecting. And Fournette really did step up. That's another interesting backfield to watch. Uh, we'll see what happens there for sure. But I just think I think if you're going to win in the NFL in January, you need a running back. Yeah, totally. Like I totally agree. I've I've said this from the start, and I'll say it again. I think good offenses are built with a strong run game, and I think that kind of leads into Boz's next guy. So, Boz, why don't you hit us with your guy? You're fading. Who's your first guy up? Yeah, so I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins as my first guy. My question is, why would you pay the 103 for J.K. Dobbins? Because that's really his price right now when you can pay the 112 for A.J. Dillon. I have A.J. Dillon ranked higher in my overall rankings, and he is much cheaper. Dobbins is a solid back. He's going to carry the ball 20 times a game, but Gus Edwards is also a solid back, and he'll still be there. J.K. Dobbins is not worth his price because his upside is capped due to pass catching. The Ravens have proven to not use him really at all in the passing game, and I don't blame them. He isn't a great pass catching back. Dobbins and Dylan are pretty similar talent-wise, 
And I'm taking AJ Dillon's situation a hundred times out of a hundred times over uh, Dobbins. I just do not think he is even close to worth his price range right now. Look, before Kyle goes off on a tangent, as somebody who's in the middle of this opinion, let me give my perspective. The pros with Dobbins are he is a good rusher. He's not a bad runner. He showed it when he became the lead cow in, in Baltimore. Now, here are all the cons. Lamar Jackson is a running back who gets the ball every single play because he also happens to be their Wildcat quarterback. Gus Edwards is also there who has posted two back-to-back 700-plus yard season and on any other team would be a 1,000-yard rusher, like very similar to James Robinson in a sense. And thirdly is if you have three guys on your team with the capability of rushing for a 1,000 yards, chances are two of them won't rush for a 1,000 yards. And if your quarterback keeps doing QB sneaks on slant plays, it's going to happen. Okay, Kyle, now you go. Uh, are you sure? Because uh, this is just a bunch of gibberish I'm hearing. Outside of the Gus Edwards argument, I mean, this is just utter fucking nonsense. I can't fucking stand this slander. J.K. Dobbins is a stud. I'm sorry. Like, okay, Gus is a threat. Don't get me wrong. But I've said already this offseason, I'll say it again, Baltimore is going to make a serious commitment to change their offense. Lamar will not run nearly as much next offseason. I mean, next season. And if he does... Greg Roman will not have a job come 2022. I don't think there's any possibility in the world where Greg Roman's job is safe at this point. They're way too reliant on the run when it comes to Lamar Jackson. I expect JK to get the rock at least 20 times a game. And on top of it, he's a very talented player. I mean, he doesn't even need the rock that much. And he did work with it in the last season. I just, I understand the fear with Gus Edwards, but I think Gus is done after this season anyway. So I mean, AJ Dillon has to fight with fucking Jamal Williams. I mean, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't see the massive difference in the situation. Well, the difference is, is Gus Edwards puts up like yards when he gets the rock, and Jamal Williams can be hot and cold at times. But I will also say this: Yeah, but Jamal Williams is the same way when he's getting workhorse. He puts up workhorse results. He does. We've seen it. Okay, but but here's here's my question. But, but here's my question. How do you change an offense that much when your quarterback can't throw more than 10 yards accurate? Why well, do I mean, you change that offense? I mean, you don't have any wide receivers who can support him outside somebody called Hollywood Brown, who's basically a wide receiver two at best and probably a wide receiver three on a lot of teams. He's a freaking joke. And then you got Mark Andrews, who's talented, but, you know, has diabetes and has the ability to be hurt almost every season for at least – Three games, it feels like. And because of that, I think it limits his offense. And I think Greg Roman puts the team into situations where Lamar isn't forced to throw. They need to change that offense this season, man. I've been saying it before. They don't get Lamar a number one wide receiver. They should look at how Buffalo did it for Josh Allen and copy that blueprint. Well, I think the best thing that Baltimore could do is trade for – the best thing they could do is trade for OBJ. And then that way – if things come to worse and they realize, which they will, that Lamar can't throw 15 yards accurate, OBJ can throw a nice 30-yard bomb on trick plays every once in a while for tutties. I want to hear what Boz has to say because he looks like he's ready to go. Yeah, so you, you were uh, mentioning like what's the difference between A.J. Dillon and J.K. Dobbins, and I'm saying there is none except for a price the difference. Price. Uh, yeah. 
And Jake J.K. Dobbins is not worth his price right now. Not even close. Well, AJ okay. Dillon's I, also fat. I don't, I, don't, cool. I don't disagree that maybe he's a little overpriced right now, but if you have J.K., don't be discouraged. He'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not discouraged on J.K. I'm discouraged by his Wildcat quarterback. Yeah, we know. It, it's, situ- it's situational-based. I'll go on record. I'll go on record. Lamar Jackson gets figured out and he's out of the league in five years. That's a hot take. I'm standing by that take. Uh, All right. He he is not, he is, does not have the passing capabilities to be a quarterback in this league. Seriously. His, his rushing capabilities are, we haven't even seen it, anything like it before, but still he's going to get figured out with, if if that's all he can do. That's if he learned how to throw adjustment, where you're so where this is, we're about to go around. If, if, honestly, if, if I, really, really, no, 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 shut up. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, ooh, I, I, I dissed on Lamar so badly. I understand all you're saying, but I'm saying the Ravens are going to make a legit effort this offseason to change that offense and change how they work, man. And I think if he doesn't step up this season, sure, I agree with you, but at least give the guy a fucking chance. The offense that they made for him was designed to be run heavy, was designed to have all these quarterback runs. They kind of made him become this Mike Vick 2.0, essentially, only with no arm. Like, it's, I don't think it was all on Lamar. That's all I'm trying to say. Look, as I'll say this. If Lamar Jackson can learn to throw the ball with his hips, he could become accurate. Okay. But he th- he he throws like Johnny Menzel, and look what happened to Johnny Menzel. He literally called himself washed up in a fan controlled football league. Just you know, so. Uh, but before you know, I get a raging heart on for my hate for Lamar Boz. Or Boz, did you Boz just went? Oh, yeah, you're Oh my God, this Jim Beams just running its magic on me. All right, so this one's gonna be controversial. He's coming off a hot season, but I'm fading Derrick Henry this season. And it's nothing to do with necessarily the Titans or the Titans offense. It's, it's this. There's no way Henry puts up another 2,000-yard season with 17 tutties. No. Best, bet, best bet, he puts up around 1,300 with eight touchdowns. I think teams kind of have figured out Derrick Henry. The only reason he really hit 2,000 yards was in that last game. They just kept feeding him the ball and feeding him the ball because they knew what they were working for. But I think teams in the in the playoffs it showed too. They figured out the Titans offense. And I think Tannehill's really good, but I also think once you figure out Henry, you figure out Tannehill. And as well, because of the way Henry runs at the line of scrimmage, always standing up and always as tall as possible, it's gonna take one knee injury and he's over. And at twenty seven when he starts the season, that can happen sooner rather than later. Um we saw the same thing happen when uh, Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, um, he figured out. Of course, Todd he had Gurley. to fit that in there. My bad. Go. <laughs> <laughs> he figured out Todd Gurley in the Super Bowl, and then the next season, you saw Todd Gurley just decline really quickly. So I think the same situation could have happened with uh, Derrick Henry, and time will tell. But I think we're not going to see the same Derrick Henry that we've always seen. Yeah, I, yeah totally. I, I I agree, uh, especially the age thing concerns me. I do kind of feel bad. I wish he got a long-term contract just because I feel like he does deserve to get paid just for everything he did to the Titans. 
But I just think it's like I already said, the Titans, that's not their division anymore. I think the Colts are going to run that division. They're going to run house on that division. I think they're a little one-dimensional, and I think outside of A.J. Brown, Davis is passable at times as a wide receiver too, but John U. Smith is, I don't know, decent as a tight end. I think he's probably overrated on the spectrum, though, of tight ends, and I think that I just think they're way too reliant on Derrick Henry, and I agree. He'll get exposed this season, and we're probably done with the massive Derrick Henry seasons. Totally. I'm, I've sold Derrick Henry in every league that I own him. Uh, I mean, I sold one, last one... offseason. I, I, wasn't, I didn't even think he was going to have the season he had last year, but he did prove me wrong. Who knows? Maybe he has one more of those in the tent. Doubt it. I, 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 I doubt it. But if he does put up two back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons, he'll be the first ever running back to do it. It'd be, it I'd, I'd love to see it. I just don't believe it'll happen. Last thing I want to say before we move on, Boz, greatest head coach in any sport of all time is Phil Jackson. And you can make the argument all you want for Bill, Bill Belichick. It is Phil Jackson. Um, but, you know. I'll let Boz respond before I say what I'm going to say. Go. What you saw in that Rams-Patriots Super Bowl is the greatest performance from any coach in any sport ever. Literally, he figured out that offense – and no one had done it before, and he shut them down, and he held them to what, like three points? Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, easy when you're playing against Jared Goff, but McVay is a genius, don't get me wrong, uh, but there's a reason that Jared Goff had, that offense had Jared Goff's not on that team anymore. Like, that offense had seriously done incredible things to really good teams, and no one had figured it out before him, and he shut it down. Yo, remember that uh, uh, the Chiefs-Rams game on, what was it, Thursday Night Football like three years ago? Yeah, and they put up like 100 oh, points. Is that one of the best games of all time? Remember that? Like, that game was just absurd, man. Like, that's what people thought golf was the real deal back then. They were like, holy crap, look at this team. Like, that team can put up 56 points, but Bill Belichick can just Hit that! Oh my God, that was just literally the best coaching performance of all time. He just shut him down. All right, all right, all right. Let's calm our boners down. I can again. I know I don't need to see both your tables rising a couple inches. Uh, Kyle, why don't you start us off? Hey, uh, your next fader. Yeah, I'll I'll say my next one. But I wasn't. I my boner wasn't going up. I hate Bill Belichick, man. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm a Bills fan. Like he's like. You know, he's Emperor Palpatine and then Darth Vader's Tom Brady. Although, I'm not going to lie to you, I was kind of rooting for him in the Super Bowl. That's another topic. My second guy I'm fading, and I was fading him last year, and I was right to fade him last year. But I'm just, I just want to reiterate, Melvin Gordon, um, it's over. His career is probably close to being over, in my opinion. I think the Broncos are, it's a bad fit. Philip Lindsay, I've shown him multiple times last season. And I just think overall, I don't see Philip Lindsay going anywhere, so it's a situation where they have to keep fighting for carries. I don't think Melvin Gordon is a good pass catcher, so you lose value there. He's only good up the middle. He's very one-dimensional, and I think that right now, unless the Broncos make a serious change at quarterback, there's a lot of fears to be had with having Drew Locke at the helm. So you don't have a threat there at quarterback either. So I just think I faded him last year. I want to fade him again this season, and if you could get something for him, I'd ditch him. It's interesting that you bring up um, Lindsay because reports out of camp are is that Lindsay wants out. 
As he's he looking to be moved. Um, I like. I actually like Gordon. I he's not like one of my go tos. I'm not buying him. Um, for any outrageous price, but he's a decent price right now for like an RB fifteen. Like the guy, like he puts up stats: nine hundred eighty six yards and nine touchdowns, playing in fifteen games, only starting ten of those games for Denver. Um, you know, like I think, like if I'm making like if I'm a contender in my league and I need to make a push, I'm keeping Gordon. And if I'm not a contender and I'm rebuilding. I'm selling Gordon because I can get at least probably a early second for him and maybe like a young, a young hit or miss guy. I, so I don't hate Gordon as much as you do, but I do see the flaws in his play, especially when like he went back to back seasons averaging 3.9 yards per carry. And then in 2019 put up 3.8 yards per carry. Yeah. I think last year was the time to sell him. Um, agree. If I sell him right now though, for an early second, like you said, I would, hop on that really quickly i don't think he's worth much at this point but i'm probably keeping him if i'm a contender and selling him for whatever i can get if i'm not the one the one upside if if watson ends up in denver i could see his stock going up a bit perfect time to sell him though in my opinion would be to dump him right then and there and i think there's a real possibility that's where watson ends up and if he does um Fuck, man, you better buy Sutton, Judy, and Font. Like, it's like your life depends on it. You should cut off a limb and buy them if that ends up happening. I'm not even kidding you. Like, <laughs> Well, look, it's it's nothing to say. I, I don't know. Like, I want Watson to end up in Denver. It's kind of like Denver is where quarterbacks go to win a Super Bowl, you know? And, like, I think Watson would fit well in that organization. But Houston's pretty adamant that they're not moving him. I don't know if it's, like, a tactic I to get feel, I him. feel like it's a play. Like, it's, it doesn't really matter what they think. If Watson wants out and he doesn't report to camp, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, if he's not going to show up to camp, who's their backup quarterback, right? Yeah. It's AJ McCarron. Which is – that's why I think the deal – they're going to sell him pretty soon because they're not going to want to even let him – Hold out. Well, yeah, so they're gonna sell him before the first even draft with uncertainty at quarterback. And if he holds out, and then you're rolling AJ McCarron to start the season, fuck, you might as well just write a death wish for your new head coach. You might as well just be like, hey, you want to get fired right away next season? Like, there you go. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you know what? It'll be interesting to kind of see what Houston what? does. But let's segue because that's another rabbit hole. That and, uh, we could easily jump. We've got that too many. But let's let's kind of keep it up faster, man. Two. I. You know what? I, I don't know if I can dig deep into so many holes this episode. <laughs> so, Boz, why don't you uh, why don't you hit us with your next fader? Yeah. So I'm gonna fade a pretty obvious one. Um, James Conner. He's not the RB one that he used to be. However, I'm here to tell you that if you have any James Conner uh, shares, you should sell them for anything you can get. The signing of Dwayne Haskins solidifies the fact that Pittsburgh is not going QB in round one or two. And they're drafting an RB in round one or two. There are just two, maybe three in this class worth being selected in the first two rounds of the draft. And all three are worlds better than Conner. If James Conner uh, were a great pass catcher, He'd likely still have a role even if the Steelers drafted Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, or Javante Williams. But they're all way better than Connor running and catching the ball. So I think they're James Connor's a true backup after this year. 
And once the season rolls around, you're gonna wish you never had any shares. It's a, of Jim it's, Connor. it's a, it's an utter shame because what a cool story Connor was, right? I mean, you you beat cancer, you you know what I mean? Like he's just he was such a fun story to root for, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I bought into the guy heavy. I I really liked his story, and when guys have good stories, a lot of times they have really good work ethics. So and I like buying into good work ethics because I think a lot of times that represents and you know translates onto the field like to give him a perfect example tom brady has a great work ethic it leads to seven super bowl rings stefan diggs has a great work ethic at least in leading the entire league in wide receiver yards this season so a lot of times it does translate and because of that i bought into james connor but i agree i just think not only you know the situation and stuff i just think the injuries have not been in favor of james connor he's always hurt and it's just it sucks but i think he is a backup moving forward yeah, you know what? So I, I think what this proves is um, Boz is pro cancer. <laughs> uh, just because he's fading James Conner and his amazing story. I, I honestly think I'm, I'm buying Benny Snell shares right now. You get him for a late third. And Benny Snell has rip potential. Like, I, I, I think he could really take off if they gave him the ball. But on the Haskins side of things, what I would like to see Pittsburgh do, which I won't do, but I would really like to see them do, is go after Jacob Eason out of Indian out of Indy, and then you have Rudolph, you have Eason, and they you I have just, Haskins, I just, and they can compete. I just never know. What you're well, they can compete. I never know what you're gonna say. Just, just full of crazy take. That's the, but that's Snell, a good solid. Buy Jeffrey Wilson. Buy Benny Snell. Buy Jacob Eason. Like Jesus Christ. I mean. Let's let's just throw all the curveballs out the window. Let's also, you know, buy into all the backups in the league. I mean, I don't, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't even understand. Well, well, joke, well, jokes on you because baseball's a dying sport. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and don't forget, make Brian Flores your coach because he's top ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, I don't think that that's even remotely as hot of a take as he's had on this show. I think without a doubt. Uh, I think buying Benny Stills is what the fuck is that, man? Like, I'm sorry. Look, okay, I'm gonna change my I'm changing my Twitter handle to Stephen B. Smith, and at the start of the season, I'm gonna take every single hot take that I left on this show throughout the off season. I'm gonna make a board of how many of them hit, and when every single one hits, I'm gonna drag. Then when zero hits, what happens then? You get a face down too. Just set your last pick. (laughs) (laughs) If I will say this right here. If I lose and none of my hits, if, if Wilson doesn't hit and Snell doesn't hit, I will get Benny Snell Jr. tattooed on my ankle. You heard it Are here you dead first. ass? I will get – Wait, I'm dead on. ass. Move on, tattooed. real quick, real quick. What's hit? How many yards? So if – I'll say this. If Jeffrey Wilson and Benny Snell don't hit, if – let's say this. If Jeffrey Wilson doesn't rush for – more than 700 yards. What about oh, no, 800, 800. A thousand yards between the two of them. If they don't get a thousand yards on the ground between the two of them, you get Snell tattooed on your life. Okay. Um, All right. It's it's your last guy because that was horrible. <laughs> you you heard it here first. Last year, last year I would have bet something much like Matt Breida, and Matt Breida was terrible. terrible. So, good luck. Look, if you bought into the Anthony McFarland scam, I don't know what to tell you. But Benny Snell 
yeah, I think he's got something in the tank. But we'll move on because I got one more fader to throw in there. And you know what? It sucks because I'm a diehard Seahawks fan, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Chris Carson ain't it, Chief. Um, and, and look, it's not, a, it's, a pro, it's not a productivity thing. He's been productive. He's 26, though, turning 27. He only rushed for 681 yards, and the trend has been with Carson, he can't stay healthy. And you have Rashad Penny, who will be fully healthy come next season, who has shown glimpses of like true potential when he is the main ball carrier. And then you also have Hyde chilling in there as well as the third RB. I don't think Carson's got it and is an undrafted and he's going to be looking to get paid this offseason. I don't I wouldn't pay a running back personally. I don't think the Seahawks will pay Carson either. I think he's gone. I think he'll go to a different team. I think he'll shit the bed and you know what? Like I hate to say it cuz I liked Carson as an undrafted free agent, but I think it's just his time. I think it's his time to, you know, get the fuck out of Seattle. Yeah, so I think one thing he has going for him is that the Seahawks only have one pick within the first three rounds. Am I right? Yeah, because they decided to give Jamal Adams, like, they decided to give the world for Jamal Adams, who can't do anything. Yeah, so I definitely. He's worth the world. Okay, whatever. Boss, say what you're going to say before this. I I definitely don't think they're going to grab a blue chip prospect for a running back with their first rounder. Definitely not. Or. I don't know when they pick, but um, they don't. They they don't have. I think they just draft in the second round. Yeah, it's tough. So they're definitely not going to use that on a running back, and I think they're going to grab one of these late guys. And I don't know if they're going to have an immediate role because of that. So I think Chris Carson still has a year left. Man, I don't know. My fear is that I I was reading a report where he wants to get paid over the franchise tag, which I think Seattle was considering doing was to franchise tag him for $8 million, I think is what it is for running backs. But he wants more than that, so I don't think they're going to be willing to shell it out. And I don't think a team should shell it out. I think it might end up being a situation like Jadavian Clowney where you test the market and you realize the market's not in your favor. Um, I think you guys both didn't mention him. I think DJ Dallas is a serious threat to become the, the running back to own in that backfield. Like, no joke. I, I don't know why neither of you guys mentioned him because I, I think he flashed at times last year. Well, like, the thing is, is, like, I don't mention how the quality of the dirt when I'm playing a football game, you know? I mean, so I'm not going to mention DJ Dallas. You want to Benny Snell, but you don't think DJ Dallas is even remotely interesting? Like, get out of here. Yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> I, I will stay by that. Dallas can do it all, man. He He's DJ, a good pass catcher, he, and... Right now, the Seahawks he, really don't have a good pass catcher. You get him for like a so fifth, too. He's got a pass catching role. He, yo, DJ Dallas has a football name. That's about it. I, I like, I personally like, I personally like, and I think he'll fall to them in, if, if he can. Chubba Hubbard. It's not happening. Canadian boy. I'm supporting my Canadian boy. And I think Chubba Hubbard. You guys have a lot of Seattle. holes. You're not taking a running back. No, no, we're taking an offensive lineman and we're going to lose Russell Wilson. That's just a fact. Um, but that's where we're going to end it here. Thank you, boys, for uh, coming on. Thank you guys for listening. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Kings Pods. I'm Luke. We've got Derek the Boz Bosworth and Kyle. Thank you guys for listening. And that's a wrap.